0: talk to you today about what I believe is, I think this is the biggest problem that people face. And I believe it's also a problem that families can face, churches can face, communities can face, and nations can face, and that is unforgiveness. Unforgiveness is massive. You could probably make a case that most of the problems that we deal with are somehow rooted in unforgiveness. I could make a case for our nation right now that America has a problem with unforgiveness and it's deep rooted and that's not just a person or a group. I'm just saying as a nation, we struggle with, with, we struggle with forgiveness and we have deep in us unforgiveness and we have that as people too. And we eat, it, it, it's in the church, it's strong in the church. Um, unforgiveness is strong, because we like revenge, right? Get them. We like, the, you know, the, the justice and all those cool things. Uh, but there's something about unforgiveness that is awful, and there's something about forgiveness that is amazing. I'm telling you, forgiveness I know this might sound really cheesy it's almost the answer to every problem: it's forgiveness. So I want to go to Matthew 18, it's a section of scripture we don't like, Um, and there's a couple verses that we really don't like, uh, starting in verse uh, 21. So I I want you to just get this down, because this is what I really want us to get a hold of. And when I say us, I mean me. So it's not just like, well, you saps out there, you better get a hold of this. I'm talking we need to get a hold of this. And again, because remember in my head I talked to about a billion people when I preach. Uh, all of us need to get a hold of this and that is we need to repent, forgive, and move forward. I want you to get that. Repent, forgive, and move forward. It's a really key word. I, write those down. Somebody says, what's the answer for? Pick the problem. You say the answer is somehow rooted in repentance, forgiveness, and moving forward. Just is. And those three things, and it's actually, there's an important order to those three things. Because repentance is always a me thing. Right? Just is. And it always is rooted in humility and it's always a self-evaluation. Forgiveness might involve another person, but it's a heart thing. And then moving forward, the only way to move forward is if I have repented and forgiven and then I'm stepping forward and moving into new things. So that's the, the simplicity of what I want us to get a hold of today and what I want us to pray for people and pray for our nation that we would get a hold of, repent, forgive, and move forward. And I don't want to take that move forward lightly because if somebody says, oh, just get over it and move on, You can't. You cannot move on if you're dealing with unforgiveness. You're stuck. So it has to be repent, forgive, and move forward. And there is a forward to where God's calling us. It just is. Movement is a lot of what defines who people are. It's a movement thing. Let me read Matthew 18. I I don't want to get bogged down in this. I actually uh, was with um, Chapel on Wednesday. And I went in there and we have, you know, there's whatever, 20, 25, 30, however many people come to chapel, you're all welcome. It's a great little time, uh, 10 o'clock on Wednesdays. But, but I went into chapel and I said, listen, I said, I'm just gonna be a little bit lazy. Um, could you prepare my message for me on Sunday? So I read Matthew 18:21 to whatever 35, and they prepared my message. So this is totally. Those of you who were at chapel, you're excused now. Uh, you did a good job. And uh, but but there's there's uh, because here's why, and I want to even share this now. Even possibly, I think at the end, I want to give chance for some of you to give testimonies about forgiveness, because forgiveness is the answer. And anybody who has ever forgiven anybody. Has a positive testimony about forgiveness. Nobody says, "Well, I I forgave that person, and my life stunk after that." Nope, no such testimony. Your testimony can be, "I harbored bitterness, and I was miserable." And God prompted me. I repented. I forgave, and whew, I'm free. So I actually am looking for some of you to actually share that uh, at some point today. So be thinking about forgiveness stories. Let me read this, and then I want to make some comments. 1821 uh, of the Gospel of Matthew then Peter came to Jesus and asked Lord how many times shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me up to seven times it's like this is cool I'm gonna forgive the guy seven times Jesus answered almost uh, No. he says I tell you not seven times but 77 times or seven times seven. he's just making up a very large number so not seven times a lot of times how many more than you think So seven times seven, 77, 777, just a whole bunch. Therefore, here's where we're in. We're in the kingdom of God. He says, therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like, that's all the things we're talking about this this summer. What is the kingdom of heaven like? He says, the kingdom of heaven is like this, a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. Let me just give you a picture of what this is. It's always confusing a little bit to uh, equate biblical measurements to today. What's a talent? I don't know. But I can tell you this, a talent was a pretty big measurement. Um, there, there. Uh, some Some people will say a talent was about 20 years wages. So if you Whatever the median median income in, I think in Warren County is $50,000 for a family. So over 20 years, that's a million dollars. So a talent might be a million dollars. How many talents this guy owe? What did it say? 10 what? 10 how many? 10,000 millions. I have no idea what that is. You would have to be a professional baseball player to understand how big that is. Is that 10 billion? I don't I don't I get confused on my zeros. Is it? Who's my mouth? 10 billion? Is that what it is? Thank you. Yes. You're a guy who, you know, run a business. You must run a big business if you can quickly. (laughs) So it might be up to 10 billion. What I want you to see. And, it, and some people say it's, uh, it's, uh, it could even be uh, bags of gold if you put it in weights. So this could be 10,000 bags of gold. It, here's what I want you to see. The thing that this servant owed was an absurd amount. I have no idea what this guy did to owe this much money. I mean, it just is like, really? You, you imagine, if so, imagine if somebody owed me $5 million. You know what that would mean? I would actually have one time had to have had $5 million. And I, you know, so don't get caught up in this. Jesus is making a point. It's impo- this repaying this debt was impossible, impossible. He might have needed to give his entire wage for ten year periods. That would be equivalent to like eternity. Okay, get the picture because it's a very important picture to understand what Jesus is saying. This is what the kingdom of God's like. And so the, the servant said, I can't pay it back, obviously. He says, okay, I'll, uh, I'll put you in jail until you pay it back, which is always a kicker to me, right? Let's stick them in jail until they can pay it back. That's, it must be a heck of a job in jail. Um, verse 26, the servant fell on his knees before him. He said, be patient with me. He begged, and I will pay back everything. And then the servant's master took pity on him and canceled the debt and let him go. Now the guy said, have pity on me, be patient, and I'll pay it back. Do you realize how patient this master would have to be? More patient than his life would allow. So he said, you know what? I'm just going to cancel it. Now you gotta hear this when a debt is owed, even if it's canceled, somebody pays it. You understand that, right? Who paid this debt? He canceled it, who paid it? He, the king did, right? Jim, if I owe you 20 bucks, because you gave me 20 bucks, and then you said, ah, don't worry about it. I'm like, yes, I didn't have to pay it. And you said, wow, that was cool. Nobody paid that. Well, hello, Jim, you paid that, didn't you? Thank you. We'll settle up afterwards. And My point is somebody pays every debt. There's no such thing as free forgiveness. There isn't. If you wrong me and I forgive you, I took the the heat. Well, did you get what I'm saying here? I want you to get this because do not think this was, oh, what a nice guy. No, this guy lost potentially $10 billion nice guy but he paid it so okay the servant was pretty happy it's a good day well it was a good day for like an hour and a half because then he like has a brain something trip whatever so he says um, but when the servant went out it wasn't even an hour and a half he leaves he went out he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. Now, again, weights are different. Denarii though, sometimes thought of as a day's wage. Um, Or I don't know, let's just say it's different things. Let's say it's a hundred bucks because it's easier math than getting into all those things. So he owed him a hundred dollars a hundred times. Brian, what's that? (laughs) <laughs> what happened? <laughs> I was bragging about you. What is that, $10,000? A hundred times a hundred? No, it's a hundred hundred. <laughs> I used to be a math teacher, so I can pick on you a little bit. <laughs> the $10,000. So he found a buddy, a fellow servant, owed him $10,000. And he says, hey... This guy owes me $10,000. That's a sizable amount, but it's like a car. So he he found him. and He said, Hey, you owe me 10,000 bucks. Watch the scenario. They all look the same when I look at this. But when the servant found out, found his fellows. Okay, here we go. His fellow servant, verse 29, fell to his knees and begged him. Does that sound familiar? Yes, exactly. Be patient with me I will re- I will pay you back he actually could have paid him this back you know two hundred twenty five dollars a month and da, 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 that type of thing a little bit of interest but he refused instead he went off had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt well wait a second when the other servants saw what had happened they were greatly disturbed and they went and told their master everything that had happened Then the master comes back. and He says, ah, this was not a good thing. And he said, you wicked servant. He says, I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, the master turned him over to the jailers to be tortured until he paid back All he owed, $10 billion. Verse 35, just cross that out because it's a lousy verse. (laughs) Right, if we had to vote on getting rid of verses, this he did, it just left the screen. (laughs) Okay, you can bring it back. I'm not going to remove something from the Bible. Watch this, though, because this is a scary verse and this is not the only place this is. This is actually this same type of verse is in the Lord's Prayer. We don't pray it in the Lord's Prayer because that wouldn't be fun to pray every week, right? Uh, Growing up, you learned the Lord's Prayer. You actually skipped the next verse in the Lord's Prayer. It didn't, it just didn't catch on. You know, it, it was fun to say, to, for thine, we just made up for that is the kingdom and the power forever and if you were certain denominations forever and ever and ever and ever um, Amen. But the next verse says basically the same thing and watch what this says This Jesus says this, this is how my heavenly father will treat you, each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart Ouch Now we like to Kind of explain that verse away a little bit and I get it, this is a loaded verse but rather than have you run in fear of your salvation, I just want to say this to you forgiveness is a big deal it's a big deal it's not small it's not a small thing it's not something that you can say oh God understands, he knows I'm just an unforgiving person, no he doesn't understand that he doesn't he understands you owed him 10 billion dollars. And you're taking out on the guy who owes you five bucks. Th- this is very, it's a, it's a very troubling, um, you know, the kingdom of God is like this. We wanna walk in the kingdom of God. So I'm not, I'm not even, I just wanted to lay that on us pretty heavy so that we understood the gravity but now I want to just let you know, the grace of God is so cool. See, on our own, can we forgive? No. What human being wants to forgive? Every human being wants to punch. See vengeance. Beat the heck out of somebody. All that stuff. That's what we want. We want to see the bad guy get beaten up. And then if the good guy is, turns bad, we want him to get beaten up. We want everybody to get beaten up. We want to slaughter them all. Not a fun world to live in? That's what we want. That's what's in our human nature. Somebody said to me this last week, they said, you know, you've been encouraged. Well, my dad did. Hey, happy Father's Day, all of you. I have a dad, too. You guys rock. Jeff, thanks for reminding me about Father's Day. I forget about these things because I get so excited about what's, I just forget about them. So happy Father's Day. My dad said to me, he said, he said you know, you've been encouraging everybody to get back in, you know, back to the beginning of the Bible. And he says, man, I started reading the Bible. Man. It didn't even start out good. Right? First chapter's good. Second chapter's kind of like the first. Third chapter is awful, and fourth chapters worse than the third. It says, wow, this is wicked from the beginning. Why? Because as soon as sin came, we turned wicked. I'm telling you, but for the grace of God, we will destroy each other. If you remove the Spirit of God, we're done. And you say, well, people should just be good. That is the stupidest thing you can say. You know, it really is. It was just be kind. You can't be kind because your nature is unkind. You can't be selfless because everything in you is selfish. But for the Spirit of God and the regenerational power of Jesus, you can't be good. You say, well, I know a lot of people who are good who aren't Christians. Yes, because they are affected by the amazing Spirit of God? You say, well, it's the American way to do this. The only reason there's even remotely an American way that's godly is because God keeps sending revivals to America and changes hearts. So we think it's a cultural thing. It's not a cultural thing. It's a Jesus thing that affected the culture. And if we keep removing Jesus from the culture, the culture will keep drifting bad. And it'll eventually become like every other nation, in the history of mankind, which has become depraved and killed each other. That's what it becomes. So when I say forgiveness, just understand this, it's all Jesus. It's not even on you. It's all on understanding that I receive such amazing forgiveness. It's understanding our sin. It's understanding that the, the wages of sin is death. There's nothing else. I can't say, you know what? My sins aren't that bad. So, you know, I probably would have just gotten a little slap on the wrist for my life. Really? Unless you're dealing with perfection, the wages of sin is death. That's eternal death. Until you can pay back $10 billion on a $12.50 an hour job, then. So once you get that paid off, you're good. Yeah, it ain't gonna happen. You ever look at a credit card and see the minimum payments? I don't know, somebody owes $5,000 this month and the minimum payment is $22. Okay, when you get that paid off, you're good. It's not even possible. I, I can't even, I can't even understand the concept of that. Uh, but, but my point being, don't think you can pay it back. All of our sin puts us in eternal indebtedness and torment forever and ever Let me just jump to this, though, because I really want us to see this, because I want to deal with some practical things that are going on today and some things in our life. Um, Watch this, though, because here's when we need to forgive people after we've been wounded, right? Somebody hurts us. Everybody's been hurt, so I'm talking to everybody here. Some people have been hurt more. Some people have been hurt more severe. Some people less, whatever. But everybody's got hurts, and we don't need to compare each other's hurts we all got them. And if somebody pokes you with a little needle or a big sword, neither one are fun. Right? And so we all got hurts. So he, everybody has a hurt. Ouch! Okay, here's the question. How do you respond? The question is, how do you respond to the ouch? That hurt. We all got it. If you have no hurts, you, you just, you have hurts. There's no such thing as somebody who hasn't been hurt. So how do we respond to the hurt? First if, let me just say this, we got to be generated first by understanding God's forgiveness of us, that I deserved hell and damnation. Once I get that down, and I'm in awe of that, never lose the awe that he's forgiven us through his death, burial, and resurrection. He's forgiven me of such a huge debt. Once I get a hold of that, somebody goes, ow, and it hurt. I'm not going to say, oh, it was nothing. No, it really hurt. Right what that person did to you it hurt. Question is, how do you respond? You just you have two ways to respond. One is forgiveness, and the other is unforgiveness. Those are the only two options. Let me just walk you through the two options, um, because uh, they maybe it'll help you and decide which one you want to do. Uh, okay, so if if you if you respond to a hurt with forgiveness, um, this is what you get: healing. Reconciliation, peace, freedom, Jesus is glorified, those three, those things you get. But forgiveness must be based on the fact that I have been forgiven of greater wrongs. If you jab me with a sword, yet I have been forgiven of decapitating somebody, right? I've been forgiven of something greater, therefore I can extend forgiveness to you. But look what forgiveness gets, and it just does. Maybe if we have time, we're we'll take testimonies if I'm quicker. Healing, reconciliation, peace, freedom. Jesus is glorified. You can sleep. You have a a mind that doesn't race all over. You don't have anger, all these things. Forgiveness is amazing. We've all done it. We've all experienced it. It just works. Option two, unforgiveness. Usually the preferred option is unforgiveness. However, unforgiveness has some consequences. Unforgiveness is revenge, anger, rage, unrest, no sleep. No peace of mind. Relationships are destroyed. Relationship with God is destroyed. The hurt or wound is never healed. It's just hidden, but it's still open and vulnerable. Who would choose option B? Nobody in their right mind would choose the results of unforgiveness, yet we oftentimes drift to unforgiveness. And what I want you to see here, I want to do a, a, an unusual thing to this because I think this will help us in praying for revival. We have people, and if you dare say even a nation that is really struggling with unforgiveness. And I dare say we've been struggling with unforgiveness for hundreds of years. And therefore, we've never truly been able to repent, forgive, and move forward. We have been able to cover up a wound and then pretend it isn't there and then... If you go with if you've been here in a, every 50 years somebody jabs that wound heavily and it lashes out because we never dealt with the wound. So what I want us to see here is the hope that is found in Christ and the healing that is there. Is strong. Let me just read this to you. I wanted to read it. It's way too many words up there than I normally would. But I wanted to say this because this affects individuals and I believe it can uh, help us in our prayer life, even for our nation. When somebody touches your unhealed wound, right? You have, you have a wound. It, it, it wasn't your fault. You just have a wound. It wasn't really dealt with. It's just there. It's scabbed over, whatever. You got a stubbed toe. It hurts like crazy. So when somebody touches... Your unhealed wound, whether they intentionally or accidentally touched your wound, okay? That's not the issue. Whether they intentionally or accidentally, they just touched your wound. It's not healed. Here's what happens. I am me too, so you is me. You lash out and direct your anger toward that person. Gotta hear this. Because if we're gonna see revival, we want wounds healed. That person had nothing to do with the original wound. They did not cause the wound. But they inadvertently touched it or maybe even intentionally touched it. They touched the wound. So you had a wound somebody else gave you, this person touched it, you can see them and so you lash out at them. Unfortunately, now you see that person as the immediate enemy or threat because you see them as causing your pain. Did they cause your pain? Yes. But did they cause the deep wound that caused the pain? No. Did they intentionally do it? Maybe. Maybe not. Probably not. You know, if you you've read a whatever, I remember one time I had a uh, my toe hurt like crazy. I was playing with my kids, and and uh, I don't know, I did something to my toe, dropped something or whatever. And a little kid stepped, you know, my little kid stepped on my toe. Dude, I wanted to pick that kid up and throw them through the window, right? I'm like, ah, I just wanted to chuck them. What did, do? I don't know which one it was. It doesn't matter. Yes, it does. I'm still bitter about it. <laughs> he had nothing, but they, I wanted to, because oh, they're the one who made me hurt for that moment. Ah, come on. We don't want to make that little kid be the object of our wrath, of a wound that was heal- healed a long time ago by somebody or something else. But, see, we we make them because they are causing a pain, but they didn't cause it, and watch this, and they can't fix the original wound. kid who stepped on my toe can't fix my wound. So here's the good news. Here's what I want to get to. I really want to challenge us to do the right thing. And the right thing right now is not the popular thing to do. In fact, the right thing is rarely the popular thing to do. Is there another slide? Oh, this is good. Yeah, this is awesome. If I don't say so myself. This is, this is a massive problem that causes innumerably more problems. I want you to hear this because I want you to understand. I want you to have compassion for what's going on in America today. Okay? There are deep wounds that somebody's touching. And it hurts. I want us to get compassion. I want us to get a lot of compassion. Because somebody's really hurting And they don't even necessarily know why they're hurting. And the one they're mad at didn't cause the original wounds. It is a great strategy of the devil. Because everybody beats each other up. And none of them were necessarily the original problem. Here's the hope. Together. You and them. Whoever them is. I don't know who they they are. They keep changing. You stay the same. So whoever they are. The ones who inadvertently touched your wound and had you lash out. Watch this. You can deal with repentance, forgiveness. Old wounds can heal. Even generational ones can heal. They can. They can heal. I've seen them. I've seen them in my life. I've seen them in, in a societal life. Just have. But it takes humility, repentance, Seeing the one you're looking at is not the enemy. The one you're looking at might actually be part of the solution if together you can repent, deal with forgiveness, and watch God take you forward. There's hope for he- wounds that are healed that are, that, are, that are out there that can be healed. One of the greatest examples, who, who's, the most, uh, who's the most beat on? Uh, picked on, whipped on race of people in the history of the world? Jews, right? There's no question. I don't care who you think you are. You have not had it worse as a people than Jewish people. They've been the people beat on. For thousands of years, they beat on the Jewish people. Who leads the world today in almost everything? Jews. How is that possible? How can you take... 3,000 years of getting unjustly beat upon and come out it out of it and lead the world in everything. If something fixed your problem, it probably came out of Israel. I get such a kick out of people who want to boycott Israel. I'm like, well, dude, you're going to live in the dark ages. Because it all came out of Israel. How did they do this? How do they continually do it? Because the... The, the the persecution, the racism, the anti-Semitism, whatever, it doesn't go away. It keeps creeping up. It's massive right now. It is so deep right now. Even within America, it's there. How do they keep overcoming it? I'll tell you how. Repentance, forgiveness, and moving forward. Read your Bible. Do they cover up their sins? No. I'm telling you what, if I was the author of the Bible, I would have cut out a lot of those details. Right? They're bad. They're really bad. They did terrible things. Terrible things were done to them. It's all in there. Do you remember when you first started reading your Bible to your children? You thought, I gotta quit reading this book to my kids. It's not tame. They didn't cover anything up. Why? Because they said healing comes from exposing a wound, going to God, repenting, and saying, I will forgive. You forgive me. Let's move forward. And they have a history, thousands of years, history of continual beating up. But I'm telling you, here's what we've got to do, and here's my prayer, because it's a supernatural thing. It's not a natural thing. The natural thing is to punch. The supernatural thing is to forgive. We've got to do the right thing. We have to make the right decision. We have to do the right thing even when other people are telling us not to do things. It has got to come by the Spirit of God. We can't make it happen. This is the guy I can focus on and make sure I'm walking in repentance and forgiveness. But listen, everybody else, it's between you and God. We've got to get there. So let's do the. Let me tell you one story about doing the right thing. It's kind of This happened in March. Some of you were there. At least a few of you were. Um, had, had our basketball team at a national tournament out in Ohio. It was right before corona hit. We, like, hit the, the last shot, and then they shut the whole country down. Um, the, But uh, we were in a, a big game, and it was, you know, it's, it was a cool thing. We came back from this um, big deficit, um, and and with, like, five seconds left, took the lead by two. It was incredible. Like, we were dead in the water. We came back, we were up by two. And so we're up by two. We're in this, we're in a... a small, like a bandbox gym. It was out at Cedarville. There was like seven gymnasiums, but the one we were in was a side gym that was just, it was kind of small. It was so loud in this gymnasium. It was so loud. Everything was loud. There weren't even that many fans, but it was like they all had a sound system in them. And it was so loud in this gym. And so we're five seconds left. Now the clock was sitting on a, um, a little table, and it was a little clock that was a standalone clock, the score was here, the clock was there, and it had that little buzzer, that went bzzz. ever seen those clocks? It's not real loud, it bzzz, like that. So this place is super loud, so we're going down, we're up by two, they're taking the ball down, and they're on the corner, and now watch this, I'm here, the, there's a little girl, she's like 16, 17 years old, running the clock, and she's there, because the thing's down there, I'm standing right next to her, and I'm like, get you know, whatever. Probably I was just sitting there very calmly. Um, And the, I hear the clock go, not another person in the entire room, remember this Steve, nobody heard this clock. A second after the clock, the ref calls a foul because nobody heard the clock on us and the guy is gonna be told to go to the line to shoot the foul shots to tie the game. Well, me again, being very calm, I'm like, no, this clock went off. And I, anyways, I got the ref's attention. He comes here. Now, watch this, this poor little girl. So she's sitting here. She's just a nice little volunteer, you know, pushes start and stop on the clock. That's her whole job. And she's, this will be a fun little gig for the weekend. So, watch this. So the refs, two refs are actually over there. The other coach is right there. I'm right here. And the loudest crew of 150 people are out there this poor little girl. The ref says, I'm like, it went off. I did it. The other coach is like, I didn't hear it. Of course he didn't hear it. I know he heard it, but he didn't hear it. The ref didn't hear. It's not their fault. ref looks at this little girl and says, he, he was so sweet. He says, now listen, did the clock buzz before I blew my whistle? Just tell me. So I'm like, please, please, Say it did the other coach is like I think interceding come on come on say no say no this poor little girl so she had she had to just make a choice am I gonna do the right thing regardless of what the other coach looked scarier than me I was much nicer and and what am I gonna do and she just so so quietly said the buzzer went off before you blew your whistle and the ref goes, game over. And I'm like, yes, and, and we won the game. It was awesome. So I see this little girl at the next, she's out in the stands at another gym, and I saw her, and I just went up to her. And I said, man, that was really a hard thing for you to be put in that position. I said, I just want to commend you for making a clear decision. And, she, and this is what she said. She says, I knew what happened. I was just afraid to say anything. <laughs> and I thought, I thought, I get it. But my point of this whole thing is, do the right thing. Just do the right thing. And the other coaches, the other team was generous. They, you know, all that stuff. But she just did the right thing. And she made the right call. And she said, well, I'll just let the chips fall where they, where they go. Here's my challenge to us. Forgiveness is the right thing. It just is. Repentance is the right thing. It just is. Well, everybody's saying we should do this and be mad at this and go after this and do that. It's not the right thing. You can do that, but you're not gonna get healing. When you forgive somebody, it doesn't mean you approve of what they did. It's very important. You don't approve of, they wronged you. They did a wicked thing. So don't think, Cheryl, like you said, it's not approving of what they did, but it's freeing you. We're getting we're getting what we're going at here. This we're getting that the you know, we, we understand it. Nobody has to nobody has to convince us that forgiveness is good. It just that we need to submit ourselves to God and say, God help me, because I don't want to forgive in my nature, but we understand, we understand that God has forgiven me, therefore I must forgive. There's no other Ooh. you want to have a relationship with Jesus, you gotta walk in forgiveness. And you say, well, gee, you can't God. Yes, you can still be with it. But I'm telling you, if you're harboring unforgiveness, you're not going to have much of a walk with Jesus. It's that simple. You can't. You want to hear the the classic, the prayers bounce off the ceiling? Harbor unforgiveness. You're lonely. You just are. God's going to stir forgiveness in us as individuals. And again, as you're praying for the nation. I mean, peace is fine to pray for. Those things are fine, right? Not opposed to that. You want to go to the root? Pray for unforgiveness. Pray that it would come up in forgiveness and that we would heal wounds. They're real wounds. It was terrible things done, right? Forgiving, please hear this. Forgiving is not justifying what they did. Here's an interesting thing. In, in Israel today, you know that 75,000 Germans live in Israel today? I love that, it's awesome. Because we're talking a recent wound there, right? You know, some of the best history you'll find on Adolf Hitler is in the Jewish Virtual Museum. It's not just like, let's propaganda against Hitler. It's just real history about Hitler. Go learn about him. In their museum. They like him? No! But they're moving forward moving forward on that. And we can do the same. You can do the same in your life. Do not get sidetracked and stopped because somebody else wounded you. Don't do it. I want to I, I wanna stop. And I just want to just give us time to reflect because this is something that's not going to stop. The challenge of God to have us realize we were forgiven of a debt we could not pay. 10,000 lifetimes, we couldn't pay our debt, but He paid it. Therefore, we extend it to everybody.